Okay, everybody, welcome to Street Fight. We're taking your calls tonight. We want to hear from you. Let's, let's know what's going on. It's the call-in show. We do it every single week, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in Columbus, Ohio. Street Fight Radio wants to know what's going on in your workplace, what's going on in your school, whatever what's happening in your environment. We're interested. That's why we're here, to, to hear from you. We've been doing the show for 10 years now, and we've totally lost touch from working people, and we do our show every single Wednesday like we should, but we don't know what uh, the union efforts are, you know, what the conversation at work is. Uh, the world has changed in drastic ways over the last few years, and that's why we're here, so that you can give us a call. So, hit us up. That number to dial is 614-655-3887. We want to hear from you and know what's up. We are Street Fight Radio. Uh, my name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. And we are here with you for the next two hours, whether you're on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, or YouTube. You can jump in the chat. Let us know what's going on. We want to hear from you. Or call us on the phone. It's very powerful still these days. The, the telephone is just, you know, something that really changed the game. That telephone. Uh, how's it going, Brian? Good. I'm okay. Brett's got the diarrhea COVID. I don't, so. actually. You were slandering me. I said I had juice booty. I didn't say I had diarrhea. People die from diarrhea. Nobody dies from juice booty. I didn't know that. I thought juice booty was diarrhea. It's not. COVID. I juice booty means like once or twice you squirted something. It doesn't mean diarrhea Gross. is like in a field you like lay sideways. <clears throat> the pants yeah, you, shitter COVID. I you had got the one, pants shitter COVID. I had one case of diarrhea and it probably was because I drank like six beers while recording Street Fight. It was probably like IPA diarrhea. Uh, IPA ah. juice booty. Yeah, I don't know. I saw your tweets on Twitter and it pissed me off that you were telling everybody I was shitting myself. It was like once or twice. And that was like was confidential information. You said juice booty on the air. <laughs> that means once. That doesn't mean like it's an ongoing thing. Okay. Well, I thought it was an ongoing thing. That's I not thought it was diarrhea COVID. No, this is the... Oh, this What's is okay. The, I have diarrhea every day. Chilling COVID. <laughs> I have the diarrhea every day. So you it know. is for people that don't know, I do have confirmed Omicron uh, COVID. Well, I don't know if it's confirmed Omicron. Well, it's the one that doesn't hurt your lungs. It's like the cool one. It's one it's that's got to be the best one. I want that one. It's if the best one so it. far. Like nothing about it sucks. My kid has made me sicker than this. Like I've, I'm really hanging out with my girlfriend and uh, doing just watching movies and Smoking weed, drinking Jameson. It's not, it's not the worst COVID I've heard of. That's the one I want. I, I, I think I, I like fevers. I'm I do like too. A big fevers guy. I'm a fever maniac. Like natural drugs in a way. Like that's when you a, get a fever. That's what, that's what it's been so far. So, I, I mean, when I did the show on Wednesday, I told you that I was running a fever all night long. That was, you know an experience which i also chalk up to a good time because it's way interesting more interesting than regular life which is why i do drugs to have in, you know interesting things but uh i've i've been really wired like for the last two days i have felt like super clear and super wired i've tried to keep a journal of when i take medication because i feel like i did acid 
I'm like, you, I, I keep telling myself you did too much acid today. And I'm like, I did none at all. It's literally the COVID that is making me feel like I'm in like some sort of dream state or like, and like, I'm just out of my mind. They're, they're, what meds I, are you taking? None. I'm not taking any. <laughs> you said you kept the journal. I, I did. I mean, I had to, here's the thing. It's made me unsure of myself because I can't, I'm like questioning reality. Like, I mean, I swear I took like some Advil earlier today and I took no Advil. Like I did nothing, but like I am on the next level. Like when I wake up now, right now, I mean, to be honest, when I do the show, I've been drinking whiskey and like smoking weed, but the weed hasn't worked. Being on COVID has felt mostly like Dayquil. That's what I would uh. say. It's, it's the worst kind of high. Like you feel super fucked up. And that like I'm wired and I'm like alarmed and like frazzled and I feel like a fishbowl is on my head, but it's from like over the counter drugs. That's it, that's why it's not good. That's why you don't want it. It's not like doing actual drugs. It's like doing Dayquil. That's what sucked about it for me so far. Yeah, I think like. I don't I don't know, man, I've spent $90 or actually like a 130 on tests over the past few days. So I don't like that, uh, but yeah, you shouldn't be afraid of it. I mean, just get it and find out what happens. Honestly, just, COVID has saved Christmas for me. Like all of a sudden, like I like Christmas again now that I have COVID. No, I, I, I can't. I, I believe me, it would not be good for me to ruin Christmas for my family. You're lying. They don't care. You all sleep under the same fucking blanket all the goddamn time. Anyways, what change would it be? I mean, we couldn't. I don't know. I already did everything. It's Christmas an excuse for you. It's, it's, an ex, it's an excuse for you not to go to your in-laws, which you love. An already excuse, did that. Yeah, it's an excuse for not to go do anything at all. All of a sudden, you have to spend ten days in bed and watch TV all the time, which you have no good excuse for before, but you do it all the time. Now this would be like a legitimate excuse to do that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, again, I got the kid here. Uh, she would be extremely pissed if she had to spend her whole uh winter vacation indoors guess what everyone has to get it that is the rule like we're there's no smart way to get out of it you guys can all of you nerds that can read about it and say there's a better way to do this the only way we're getting out of it is like everyone gets it it's the flu it's not COVID anymore it's the fucking flu and that's how it becomes pandemic to endemic and I'm living through it and I'm accepting it. And I'm so relieved that I have COVID now because I felt like I've been holding my breath for 18 months and now I can like live again and be okay and know what it's like to make it through this thing. Like I'll roll the dice. I don't give a fuck about the less than 5% of people that get long COVID or whatever it is. Like I'm so happy that it's now done because I feel like I've, I'm, I've been in my, uh, little, little, uh, pew <laughs> I'm, I'm now a butterfly. Like I, I've, I've lived in my little cocoon and now I'm growing into a butterfly that has immunity to COVID. That's beyond what anybody that hasn't had it before. I'm boosted, vaxxed, and I've had it. So like I have more vaccine immunity than you. Like I'm more immunized than you. That's true. You are more immunized. I'm, than a, me. I'm immortal at this point. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm ready as soon as I get on the other side of the, I mean, I plan on going on tour and, you know, as early as possible. And I plan on getting on getting COVID while I'm doing that. So I'm not saying I'm a good boy. I'm just trying to get to the, uh, New Year's 
day and then let it do with it with me. Whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe I do have COVID now. <laughs> you don't, been, but you live. I can't believe how much you have to like worry about it. I, I, I literally feel, not sitting around worrying about you it. You took a COVID test on the top of a dumpster at a CVS, right? I did do that. I took a COVID That's test. That's frantic on behavior. Can. Yeah. You're too worried me, about baby. it. That's it's not me. that bad. It's nothing. For some people, it is something, you know, but I don't know how to get outside of that. Like, I'm not responsible for the outcomes of this. You know, all I'm doing is pushing through it. Sure. Um, yeah, I did go to the in-laws yesterday, so I got to spend a day with them. They, they forced me to take a thing called uh, uh, Sono Care? Sono? 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 Something? I don't know. They were up my ass about this Sonosphere or something for my bad, my neck's fucked up still. And uh, they were like, hey, take this Sono Care, maybe is what it's called. And it's like a patch that you put on you. Mm -hmm. And it, I think it has Ben Gay on it. It, it. It's a, it's a, uh, what's that word? The, it's homeopathic pain medication uh, that is on a patch that you put on you. And uh, they keep saying like, bro, you're going to be perfectly fine once you take this Sono care. It doesn't, it's not working. For, for what? Me. My neck is all fucked up. My whatever's happening, my sciatica, my sciatica or whatever. Sciatica, I have, yeah. Yeah, they're trying to solve that with a homeopathic patch, which I told them, you know, I said I would try it. So I tried it and it's just burning my neck currently. Homeopathic uh, doesn't work ever. I mean, it's all fraud. Well, it's coming from people who haven't gotten the vaccine or right, frauds. don't know anything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Dorcas is the thing that you can take one thousandth of a milliliter of mint oil and cure your uh, asthma. I had the worst conversation. I had the most the biggest bummer of a conversation yesterday when I got cornered on my way out the door. Uh, I hadn't talked about politics the whole time we were there. Nobody talked about politics. I get cornered on the way out the door for a few minutes of politics. Like he just wanted to get it in. Mm -hmm. He started telling me about the revolutionary war and told me some, some, some extremely wrong things about the revolutionary war. And I was like, uh, uh, I just stood there and said, that's really interesting. Uh, and then just as I was about to walk out the door, he's like, yeah, um, you know, I got a few of the grandchildren. They come over once a week and I teach them their American history for their homeschooling. <laughs> I was like, great, cool. Yeah. Well, you're teaching them wildly wrong stuff. I wanted, I should have, I thought about it after I left and I was like, man, I should have asked if he's teaching them critical race theory. Just like asked him, yeah. like they're going to need to know critical race theory when they get out on the other side of school. Well, they're going to have to respond to CRT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was something, man. Uh, it wasn't that bad yesterday, actually. I kind of was like uh, uh, expecting much worse. And then my parents today was like the big issue was they have these huge dogs that they don't train. 
that put their nose in my balls and my asshole the whole time I'm there. And then I post about it and people say, wash your balls and asshole. And I'm like, I do. But people will never face facts that dogs are actually essentially annoying creatures. Like that is what they do. People that have dogs don't understand how annoying dogs are to people who don't have dogs. And then if you say dogs are annoying, people with dogs get very mad at you for saying it. So I had a dog day. Uh, uh, not fun. My parents have two Great Danes. It is and weird they, that people have dogs that like jump all over you and they expect you to just like apologize for them and actually mean it. Like it's kind of like a faking an orgasm thing where they're like when you say, oh, it's not a big deal that like your dog just raked their fucking razor sharp claws all over my clothes. It's not a big deal that like your dog's shitty paws and asshole was rubbed all over me. No, it's not a big deal. Like they want you to believe the lie. They're mad if you don't believe the lie like it's not enough for them to you to lie to them to say that you don't mind that your dog is like fucking up their whole fucking vibe right now they want you to also believe it yeah they got like two great danes and uh the fucking great danes were just jumping and sitting on the couch and uh they're you know three quarters as tall as me so it was it was pretty fucking annoying and it just when people, yeah, when they're like, oh, they're just fucking around. The dog, oh, it dog doesn't know what to do. It's kind of scared. And it's like, well, put it outside or something, yeah. man. I don't Throw know how to cage. fucking live like this. I don't have animals in my house. Put it in the basement. Have somewhere else for it to be if it doesn't have to be around me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like dogs. I, uh, uh, or cats, personally. Or basically anything that I don't even like fish. My parents have all away. three of those things. My parents have all three of those things in their house. Dogs, fish, and cats. And uh, uh, I just wish somebody... I just wish I was allowed to be mad about dogs, I think is my opinion. So, that's... Uh, uh, yes, we're bringing the heat. That's true. I did bring the heat. I do... Anytime I yell at dogs, people get really mad at me. But I just, dogs make me uh, exhausted. And uh, I grew up with, here's the thing that people don't know uh, or, or wouldn't know, actually, is that like I grew up with really big, huge, untrained dogs in my house. Like my parents didn't train them. They didn't bathe them. Uh, the dogs just ran around and jumped all over everybody. And it was just super fucking annoying. And that's why I never got, I never got an animal as an adult. I just am like, I can't, I'm not, because if my parents aren't fucking training them, I know for fucking sure I'm not going to train them. I'm way too lazy and stupid to do that. <laughs> so those are my, uh, that was, that was my holiday, uh, yeah. uh, so far. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah, it's been great. It's been fun. I don't have anything left to do for the rest mine, of the year now. So man, I'm, I'm set. Mine was super sad. Like mine has improved, like I said, because I have a reason not to do anything now. Before, like I didn't have, I had a family that didn't care. I also had an ex-wife, so I couldn't do anything with her. So all my stuff fell apart. But now I have COVID as my reason to not do anything at all. And that's perfect for me. This has been a blessing. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely you would, I would be stuck in my house if I had. So, uh, oh, come on. Cheer rabbit said, I've only ever known gentle, friendly dogs. Let me explain something Bullshit, about man. dogs. I'm going to tell you a fucking story about dogs Cause I, was a cable guy for seven years and nobody's dogs are gentle and friendly i have never i'll say this i've never met a gentle friendly dog and i've met more dogs than anybody i've seen dogs bite people like in real life so i don't know yeah i mean dogs there's some bad dogs you know i yeah. i will concede and i i have liked them before but yeah i mean there's bad dogs they exist like i like the just, old ones i like old they're dogs. senile as fuck they'll bite you for touching the wrong way the old ones are the most dangerous because they can't fucking see they got cataracts and someone require someone lets them piss all over their fucking house and vomit for 10 hours a day because they won't just do the right thing and get rid of them yeah but i like the old ones that like sort of just like lay down by yeah. the door or whatever and mm. they don't even get up when you walk into the house yes that's a good fucking dog that's a me. good dog that yeah. is a great I might dog even, that's a yeah i might even pet the goddamn dog i might even pet somebody's dog that's laying down that's for sure and uh uh trust me i have never pet a dog so that is yeah. all. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to, I can't join you. I mean, I like them. Um, I feel like I would like one to have. Uh, being alone, it's like being solo. There is, you want some sort of animal to cuddle up on. My pants are my, like my plants are my pet. That's my fur babies are all my plants. And the only reason sure. I say they're my fur babies is because there's a ton of fucking shitheads out there that own cats and dogs that call them real babies. And like, you've never dealt with a child in your life. If you just had a dog or a cat, that's not a real thing. You know, yeah. that's something like, and so that's why I call my plants, my fur babies. So like my Calathea is my cat, you know, my, uh, my, um, Persian shield is my dog. You know, those are, those are the, those are my cats and dogs and my plants. Yeah, but I, I want to say to people, like, I have always said this from the beginning of, of me being a guy that doesn't like pets. And, you know, you have your pets. I don't care. I'm not going to your house. That's the thing about that. I don't go to your yeah. house. So you can have 37 pets. I'm annoyed with the people that I know that have pets. See, they get in my shit. The problem is the people that listen to this that know their dog is bad and don't do anything about it. You know, they just right. let their dog rake their fucking nails and ruin people's clothes. They let their dog sniff people's assholes and fucking run amok and make everything dirty and smelly. And they don't do anything about it. You should. You should have I'm respect also, for the people that visit and not not have that happening. Or, or I mean, also, like, I don't have to be friends with you. Like, if you're if that's how you live, I don't have to be friends with you. Like, if you let your cat destroy your house and make it smell like ammonia, like, that's cool. I respect it. But, like, I don't have to be friends with you. I feel like I'm like 1% of society in that situation too, where it's like people shouldn't worry about my opinion on pets because I'm in the extreme, extreme, extreme minority. Right. Yeah. Like I am so far in, it's like me and like, like guys that run oil companies and stuff like that. That's basically the people that don't like evil people don't like pets. And that's me. I am evil. And uh, yeah, I, I yeah. don't like, but I'm in a, like a, an extreme one. Like I'm nobody. 
I'm the best. The only reason I'm good at making you feel bad about having a pet is that I'm like in the top 1% of haters ever. Like I've hated more than anybody. And like, I can cut to the core of anyone. So don't feel bad about it. Just know that you got touched by the best. I am lightened up Texas street fighter for Pete's sake. I'm sorry. I I don't mean to yell about pets for that long, but I just had a dog up my nuts. You were jealous because I was getting so much heat for COVID. People were so mad about my COVID thing. And you were like, I'm, I'm that sucks. He's getting all the attention, but yeah, I'm like, I'm full blown all the way. I'm tired of the bullshit with about it, about the, the, the fakery of like, it ruins your life forever. Like I'm, that's not, I'm not about that anymore. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, for the for the people that it does that to. Right. People that have very That's special bad. heart. I'm not doing show for people that have special heart conditions. I'm doing like it's a mild thing for me. It wasn't. Sure. It hasn't been catastrophic. Well, I mean, all. and that's your opinion. Oh, OK. That's my lived experience, not my opinion. Cheer Rabbit says love COVID and love dogs. OK, well, I mean, I'm, I OK, that's how I feel. So. Dogs yeah. are equal to COVID. Yeah, they're about as much of a nuisance as COVID. Mm, not to me, okay. But uh, yeah, I am. Uh, uh, I will not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. We're 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 sorry. We're in a grump. I guess we're in a grumpy. Yeah, we went for the most hellish. Days. We went for the the. I mean, I was. I mean, I'm under the influence of like you know a very special once in a lifetime pandemic thing. So there's no excuses for me. I'm probably going to get like uh, CPD or some sort of like long-term exposure, something. I'm probably going to be, my rest of my life will be ruined because I got it, I guess. Who knows? That's why I, I am, read uh, online. Everybody holds up this like one person that now all food takes like to- toxic sludge. So we're supposed to believe that everyone gets COVID. It, food tastes like toxic sludge now. Yeah. And I would say also with, with, uh, uh, with, with Brett, he is quarantined. So, I mean, he got it and he's quarantining. So he's being responsible and doing the right things. It was at the death metal show. It is. I took my mask off to do moshing because I was like really overwhelmed. And that is absolutely what got it was the frozen soul sanguisugabog vomit fourth show. That's the what did it for me. 100%. Yeah. And I don't do anything. So that's um, how you do it. I mean, don't live a life and you won't get COVID. Other than yeah. that, like, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to Thursday on January 8th in Louisville, Kentucky. Like, uh, it's not going to stop me from living my life anymore. Yeah. I, 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 I think like people aren't like, I, I don't think people are getting what, what we're sort of saying uh, or what Brett's saying. I, I can try to help out here is that like, I don't think he's saying that disabled people should get COVID. Um, or anything like that. He is just relaying how, what happened to him. And, uh, uh, nobody on this show is a COVID denier or anything like that. I don't want to get in trouble for this. (laughs) I didn't do anything. Yeah. Brian didn't do anything. That's for sure. I don't want to get him in trouble. I, well, I mean, if we get in trouble, I get in trouble. So, all right. Why don't we take mm. some calls? We got some calls on the line. There's a and, few. And uh, take some calls. Um, Thanks for on Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's Lonnie again. Fuck, I didn't expect to be first in line. Now you're call, in line, well, baby. Why did you call so early then? 
<laughs> well, I don't know. I wanted to talk, and I didn't want to right. stay up too late. Uh, You're in. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, quick uh, content warning before we get going. I wanted to talk about some, like, uh, fucked up family uh, drama and shit. You guys down for that? I love that shit. That's the life I live. <laughs> fucked up family drama life. What's up? Oh, okay. So, I... I am, I don't know. I may or may not ever speak to my last remaining grandparent. Uh, we had this big blow up fight this week and it's just like, she's nuts. Like she's a hoarder and she just is in complete denial about it. And like a total just fucking narcissist won't listen to any kind of criticism but has constant criticism for everyone all around her <laughs> and how bad's I'm the hoarding in, like what uh, is like the... she fills all available space with like mostly like shit she picks up in thrift shops and whatnot and it's like i want to say 80 percent garments but everything <laughs> so it's stuff she bought like every conceivable thing She's buying yeah. this yeah, stuff. Yeah, she like, and she like goes out and spends all of her like social security on it. Like, like Jesus. as soon as she like gets it. <laughs> well, let me ask this. Can I ask this? Is it smelly? You can ask as many questions. What? Uh, Is it no, smelly she's very, there? Uh, there, there are like parts of it. It like, like this isn't even like what it was about. Even like this is like just like her like she like what happened was i saw her fucking hit my mom and then like my mom is so like wrapped up in her shit because she was raised by her that she like immediately like my mom immediately had to console her <laughs> after being hit <laughs> and like yeah my mom's wife said something uh, like like about it like <laughs> like she had to be consoled for being yelled at by my mom's wife for like hitting her and yeah. like they all went off into a room and, and talked about it. And like I witnessed it and I was like, no, I'm still fucked up about it. And I'm like, eventually, like if they figure out that I'm still kind of peeved and I talked to mom about it, like, yeah, that really hurt me. I'm pretty fucking mad at her. I don't want to like, I can't be in the same room and like pretend to be chill. Uh, <laughs> well, I am like, a we dude. talk. I am a dude that like doesn't do the family thing that well. Like yeah. as far as like my mm -hmm. actual blood extended family, like I oh, don't yeah. spend. That's kind of why I called you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't, they're not my people. My people are other people that uh, uh, I like oh, to spend fuck, my yeah. time with. And, and like, mm -hmm. if you have friends, then worrying about like what, this group of people that are basically forcing you to be around them. That's what I always think about family is like, they're just, they're people that force you to be around them. And like, I just don't, I don't do that. I mean, I, I did, did you have do other, it this weekend because you have other options though. I do. Yeah. I do. Like I, for me, yeah. like I, I found that like the Holy Trinity of my life, 
Like you can have your second family and then there's your real family. My real family has not lived up to anything for me and they've let me down. And this year I've come to understand that like, I can't rely on them in any sort of specific way. And now that I don't have any, like, now that I don't have like a wife and a family in that way, um, all I'm relying on my friends Mm -hmm. and like my friends are lacking in like a severe way because of COVID, like we don't do shit anymore. So now I feel like I have nothing at all. And so the kind of obligation that I had from my mother-in-law was like really comforting. It's something I love more than anything. Like I've come to understand that that meant a lot to me to be around people, to get along with them because I need that exercise in my life. I spend, I spend almost 364 and a half days in my life. Everybody else is great. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, my brother's down here. Um, yeah, I've, wish I'd seen him more on this trip, but I've mostly been like caught up dealing with her fucking shit. And it was, there was a build up to the like whole hitting event. I, I don't know how much time to take up because like this can go on forever, but we're good. She hate you. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Did like, you say, yeah. I, I thought I heard you say that your grandma hit you. And I was like, she no, hit my he mom. Didn't say his grandma hit, hit your mom. Okay. Yeah, and then, uh, like, my mom had to console her. <laughs> yeah, that's what grandmas like, do, though. Some... That's what grandmas are. Grandmas all do that. You, <laughs> they piss you off, and then you end up apologizing to them. That's what it is to have a grandma. I had a, like, I had, like, a wonderful grandma who didn't do any kind of shit like that and was, like, just a sweet, kind lady who... uh passed away six years ago but yeah this other one is yeah just that <laughs> yeah i mean just every that. grandma like, i ever had manipulator like and that. yeah <laughs> i think that's what you get when yeah. you make it to grandma age to tell you the truth like i feel like yeah. when i'm grandpa age which is probably in the next 10 years um i feel like when i'm grandpa <laughs> age i am gonna be allowed to be like that and that i earn that by making it all the way to grandpa age. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't do a proper send off for her last week, but bell hooks wrote about it in uh, her book, the will to change. And that it's really sad in the way that the world is set up with patriarchy, uh, that like grandpas always get like a second chance. Like this is their opportunity to like receive a child and treat them, you know, with love and care and, and feel, you know, not bad about it, yeah. you know, but they treat like their own kids in a way that is like fucks them up forever. And it, it really sucks the way that we offer to like masculine people. We don't offer them any sort of like way to be a father that isn't anything more than like tough and strong and like closed off until they get to grandpa age. Then they can all of a sudden be like a good dad. And I've seen the same with my own, my own dad. Same with my, uh, my stepdad who is dead now used to, I mean, the motherfucker called me a loser. He would scream at me. He, he, (laughs) I I would go visit like this guy never said a nice thing to me once ever until I had a daughter. And then he was like the greatest guy in the world. He got to like sit around and, and be friends with my daughter and buy her all this stuff. And he was That's really, really sweet. something. It's like, oh, so you actually are capable of this. Wow. 
Exactly. Well, yeah. when they don't have to fucking deal with it, you know what? Like, I I, I kind of uh -huh. get the they don't have to deal with it sort of thing. Uh, they don't have to deal with me 24 hours a day or whatever. But, like, uh -huh. he would keep my daughter overnight for, like, days on end. Three, yeah. four days on of end course. sometimes. Yeah. They'd be like, can she stay longer? Can she stay longer? I'm like, motherfucker, you hated my guts. <laughs> I was, like, the biggest problem to you. <laughs> For so fucking long, and now I'm getting yelled at. Now, now you're Mr. Sweet Man. But I think that's what being a grandpa is like, you know? And I think that's what being a grandma yeah. is like. And it's just like a really weird sort of situation that we allow that to happen. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I just, all my yeah. grandparents are dead. So, like... I just never have to think about it. So I'm basically just down to my parents. I mean, I'm, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm effectively there because like she either has to change the way she treats everyone around her or like be contained at this point. Yeah. And I mean, that's the move. I'm not going to change. You can't go back <laughs> on it though. You cannot go now. Yeah, it's I'm gonna not be, planning on this. It. Yeah. The next Christmas is going to be your, your, your big, standoff moment i think that yeah, is the main fucking thing is like right now my brother is fucking stuck with her like he's he like he's her roommate essentially um it's showdown time though does what he can like down. he like he carves out his room she's not allowed to keep her fucking stacks and stacks of shit in there and he basically pretty much locks himself in there uh he streams i watch him on twitch every now and then Make sure he's okay, <laughs> but he locks himself in there and goes to work. But uh, I wish I could just watch my so family on like, Twitch to see if they're okay. <laughs> hey, buddy, you doing yeah, okay? Uh, I was watching you on nice. Twitch. Yeah, I mean, grandparents are tough, but you know, yeah. It, I, I, the you know what, you know what, like, another thing, a bit of my philosophy is, is that like. Okay, here comes another mean one, I guess, if you're a grandparent. Grandparents I'll are be for mean. children. Yeah. Well, they're for children. Grandparents are just for children. They, I, mine don't mean shit. Mine, <laughs> to me, when I was an, once I was an adult, I was like, I don't, I don't need, I don't know, man. You know, I don't need you to no, give me candy yeah. and stuff like that. No, my grandma was so important. That's why I forced, the reason I forced my kid to go to her grandparents is because regardless of like the quality of that relationship, it forces an interaction that she will be able to make like uh, some sort of uh, opinions or decisions. Like she'll be able to see how her grandma reacted to things and how her grandma was and like, know that that was the wrong thing to do. Like, I think that like pushing grandparents <laughs> in front of kids shows them like the wrong way to live. Like more yeah. than anything, it's just like, this person was frazzled and stupid and wasted their time. Like, don't be like your grandparents. Yeah. And, and for, for me, like, yeah, I mean, my grandma made like the best buttered toast ever. There was nobody that can beat it. And <laughs> I still pine for it. It lives in my mind, you know, that I can get that buttered toast back someday. Um, but other than that, like, it, it's just a matter of playing off of somebody else. Like it's introducing them to other people. I mean, and also for, yeah. if it weren't for my great grandmother, 
you guys would have never gotten heat O'Brien because she used to, when I was like four <laughs> and five years old, she'd stay up late with me on Saturdays and we'd watch Benny Hill, which is, that's where he sweet. <laughs> you know, that's where you first found yeah. he stuff, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I didn't have any kind of relationship with my grandparents after 16 or so, other than they would give me a decent yeah. amount of money. Like they give me $40 for Christmas. But other than that, it was like, I just didn't have any kind of relationship with them. My daughter, you know, has about the same relationship with my parents. Well, with my, my dad and stepmom that I do, which is none. Uh, <laughs> Did she ever spank? They ever, she ever got spanked by him, though. She got yelled at once by my stepmom, which I actually yeah. loved more than anything. And what made me so happy because, like, that's the thing about grandparents, too, when you have a child, right? Is that like, they're like, I can't uh -huh. imagine my grandma, you know, you say that yeah. grandma did all this stuff to you, but that I can't even imagine her yelling. And then one time she yelled and I'm like, I fucking told you, man, I told you she yelled. I told she yelled. <laughs> Grandma's house is very strict. It's way more strict. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was like in they were playing in a closet and they were like hanging on stuff in the closet, which is. 100% allowed in my house, no matter if you break it or what, I didn't care. You know, I, every once in a while I would yell up the stairs, stop jumping. But other than that, yeah. I didn't really care that much what she did. So like she was playing in my, my parents' uh, closet. She went to rip something down and, and my, uh, my stepmom just, she did the scream she used to do to me. And it just Oof. thrilled Oof. me. So made me so happy because <laughs> I was like, she can't do anything to her. That's why I told my daughter after it was over. I was like, that's how she is. <laughs> I was like, but she can't do anything to you. Don't worry about it. She can't ground you or nothing. So it's not a big deal. You just got yelled at once. Yeah, <laughs> that was the only play. That was one of probably seven times, you know, my daughter's ever been yelled at and she's 17. So she got out on the other end yeah. of it. But, uh, you know, I always feel like that's the grandparents function is to sort of like be there and babysit you when your parents are exact, when they've exacerbated, when you have made your parents crazy, mm -hmm. they take you to yeah. your, their grandparents' house and they spend time there and then you go home. And then when you turn 16, they come over on your birthday, they hand you $20, and they say, please don't buy cigarettes with this. Yeah. That was yeah, my, my experience. Uh, my good grandmother, uh, pretty much, like, my mom wasn't able to be around all the time when I was little. I was mostly raised by a single dad and her, honestly. Like, mostly raised by her. Damn, her bro. That, me uh, and you were the same. <laughs> what? <laughs> My mom didn't get custody of me. My dad did. And then he got remarried oh. to my stepmom. So it's like, a, those oh, are really okay. rare. Yeah, there was that's no, like, I guess there were like girlfriends occasionally. And then eventually my sister's mom was around, but she wasn't around for very long. Like, she was pretty much around long enough to like get pregnant with my sister, have my sister and then like leave. Um, I found it to be very rare for people to have like 
their dad to get custody. I anytime I hear somebody's dad, uh, got let custody, me ask, I'm like, let me wow. ask, is there like a class disparity between your dad's family and your mom's family? Because there isn't my case. Um, I like mean, my, like my dad's nobody, family are like professional class people, and my mom was a uh, dancer. So nobody in my family is like rich enough to make a difference. My mom was a, uh, uh, my mom was an alcoholic. Yeah. So, and she moved yeah. away. My, my, and, you know, she's doing great. Like she's much like she makes, you know, she's on a, on a higher income bracket than my dad these days, but yeah. Owned. <laughs> yeah well, at the time, it sounds like, he, you know, he, that, that was, that was how it broke down when I was born. Well, well, let me just say this to you before we hang up. Next year okay. is your big showdown, I think. Next Thanksgiving. Okay. I'll call you it's guys. It's like you're going to be, yeah. you, well, you're going to be asked to make a decision next year. And, uh, you know, I'm not telling you to do anything. I sort of feel like, like, um, it can be water under the bridge, you know? But, uh, uh, if, that is the next time it's good because Christmas is the holiday that you're supposed to show up to. Everybody makes you show up. To yeah. Christmas. And the thing, the rest of like, them are less. Important. Every time I, when I came down here, I wasn't here very long. And like, I would just like, kind of keep it under my head. Like, yeah, I really hate how she's treating the rest of my family. And I hate how obviously miserable everyone down here is because they just won't like, mostly my mom won't stand up to her or just like, she just always gets her way and just like, comes and camps out in my mom and her wife's house all the fucking time and fucking leave. Like she came over to do laundry and stayed for like two weeks and is just like the <laughs> worst snippiest, like every fucking little thing. Like she always has like a shocked, like every little thing shocks her. And she's always like acting like she's being the nicest person in the universe and everything is just like an imposition on her. And it's just, and she won't do anything about any of her problems and you, mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and she's just like, she won't like, she won't let my mom's wife who owns her condo that she lives in go in the condo because she's ashamed of how much fucking shit she's piled up in there. Like what? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I, you, I gotta go to let you guys talk well, to other people. Good luck. And good luck with that. I know how it yeah. feels. <laughs> I, 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 I will say that I empathize with you. I have been there and, uh, it is not super fun. I'm, I'm but. just saying I'm, I'm done with her. And yeah, I mean, it's, maybe it's the COVID talking, but I would say like, uh, other people's problems are not your own. You know, it's going to make people mad that I called me Joe Rogan already. Uh, but like, <laughs> just let, just let them know that you'll be there. Like whenever you want me to scrape this shit. Oh, that's up, what like, I've done. I'm, I've, everybody I'm knows. I'm down. Yeah. Like whenever you yeah. want to solve this problem, like I'm, I'm the first person to call. Like I'll, I'll take off work, you know, other than that, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you, you can't convince people to be different than who they are. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Really sucks. I'm hoping my mom's wife takes my <laughs> advice and doesn't let her back in her house, but <laughs> yeah, well, good luck. Good luck. I, I know how it feels. <laughs> it, it is a bummer. So I really hope. Uh, I really it's hope better. everything fixes itself. But here's the thing: think about like. I mean, there's been a co- catharsis. It's definitely better now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Have a good one. I, think about your think about your regular life though, in that like you are just like staring at your fucking phone constantly. Like, does it matter that like you're 
family interrupts your life for a few times a year. Is that really something to complain about at all? When like most of the time, like you're just indulging in like the worst bullshit that you like. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, like is it I that said, bad to sit through a fucking like a, a dinner or an afternoon or have them give you fucking gifts? Like, is that really that a problem? Is that a problem? No, I don't mind it at all. I, I, I made it through. I made it on the other side of two of them. And uh, uh, those were the only real two I have. And uh, it's all done. I mean, you know, my my big joy a lot of time is like the the parts of of Christmas with like my wife and kid like is that like the rest of it is kind of like i don't mind going over there three or four times i also don't have relatives that i am at i i don't have relatives that i lock horns with ever like i don't have fighty relatives like people i think that there are a lot of people who have relatives that they fight with and I feel for them because you have seen this where somebody has real unhealthy, bad feelings about their family. And then they go and they're, they like go there every Sunday where it's like they go, you go to, you go to dinner every Sunday and you're like, oh man, you know, you don't, this, you know, you don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would never advocate for that. But I think that like the coming world that we're about to inhabit and where things are going to go based upon their negligent negligence towards climate change and the like uh, wealth inequality. I mean, sitting through like somebody's dumbass fucking holiday is like at the bottom of like my list of things that are, are hard to do anymore. Yeah. You know, I think that's like it's changed for me. And I know other people have different circumstances. Um, you know, I wouldn't put up with a lot of I don't put up with any abuse. But if everybody's trying to avoid having a confrontation and you know that you all hate each other and that you post all day about each other, all like they've seen your subtweets of them. You've seen their subtweets of you, you know, but it's like if you can go and be cordial and just have a fucking dinner and talk about like TV programs or something, it's not the worst fucking existence. I've heard of a lot worse than that, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get in any fights this week. I got like a little weird conversation about uh, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, my father-in-law, lifelong fan of Bruce Springsteen, does not like him anymore because he did a podcast with the radical Obama. What? And uh, that's what he told. He's liked him all his life, dude. And until he, he said, did the Obama podcast? Until he did the Obama podcast because... Obama's a radical. He said he always thought that Bruce Springsteen was a moderate because he considers himself a moderate, which Weird. I think is so insane. So he uses the N word yeah. every time I go over there. Yeah, you nothing moderate. Yeah, that's not moderate, but he considers never himself been. a moderate. And then that's so wild. <laughs> Just because he knows like white supremacists that want to do like racial cleansing. That's the only reason he's a moderate. Yeah, I don't. I, I just I I really was was like that. Yeah, I'm gobsmacked about that information. I did not know he considered himself a moderate. Yeah, he kept saying, well, I'm a moderate. You know, we got to be middle of the road. That's why it freaked me out that he's teaching two kids. Um, <laughs> he's teaching two kids history. Like The stuff he tells me, I'm like, he shouldn't be teaching anybody fucking anything. But you know um it was weird he called himself a moderate and um 
he said that Obama was a radical, which another side of that is that he voted for Obama twice, which also is very strange. You yeah. know what I mean? Doesn't add up. None of it. That, that's what, but dude, that's politics. That is what American politics is. They, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, None of not, it. It's not worth following. It's just not, I mean, it's not even worth if it time. was worth following, you'd never be able to understand what it is, like what anybody believes. For sure. Yeah, there's not much there. There's no consistency at all. Yeah, it was very strange. It was very strange. Yeah, Zephan Schilling in the chat said moderately racist. And it's like, yeah, yeah because he like wouldn't. He's middle of the road. Yeah, he would He's never... not for gas chambers, but he's for redlining. Yeah, he would never call himself racist. To be clear, he does not think that he is racist, but he uses the N-word, which I think is like 100% racist. Like you're... You're like nothing else if you use the N-word. Like, that is the one word that if you say it, it makes you racist 100% of the time. It's the only gotcha they have. I mean, they do every other dog whistle in the book, and as long as they don't get caught <laughs> saying that one. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird. All right, next uh, call. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? I'm a COVID denier. Sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. Sorry to hear you have COVID. Uh, this is Lucas from Connecticut. How are you guys doing? What's up, Lucas? How's it going? Uh, it's going all right because I'm um, double vaccinated and boosted and I don't have COVID, but a bunch of my friends uh, that live in New York and a buddy of mine that uh, lives in Connecticut here and organizes like all of the punk shows I go to, uh, it turns out he's got COVID and he's not even vaccinated. So I'm concerned. Yeah, about it, that it was so sneaky. Like it was like, I spent the whole year going to movies. I I've like worn my mask and spent less than two hours inside. And then COVID all of a sudden was like, well, we can adapt to that for sure. Like well, we can get around that. And then everybody fucking got it immediately. It is crazy how, I mean, it makes me wonder I don't know. It makes me wonder how many people have had it and don't even know that they had it. And I just had it. Yeah. Well, I, the thing, the thing is, I I have it and have had it, but I'm not in any sort of official records. Like, there's, it's not, it's not diminishing my life. It, like, I'm not going to the official doctors. I went and got a rapid test, you know, from GoPuff. Like, I and there's going to be no official record of me having it at all because I'm just, I'm already feel fine. Like, I had a, yeah. I had a bad fever. I had a bad fever for a cup. I had a bad fever for one night. I had the sniffles, but like I've I've been way more sicker in my life. It was nothing for me. I thought and you had the flu. To I thought you like had a cold or the flu because like I kept asking you. That's the thing about Omicron that I think people should be aware of is that like Brett didn't have any symptoms that I would have yeah. uh, uh, associated with COVID. That no, I, was, I, was the weirdest thing to me. I felt horrible because it felt so mild and it was like an itchy throat after eating. Like, I'm sorry. I slandered booty eating. I shouldn't have done that, but like an itchy throat for a couple hours after eating some booty is, is for sure something that happens, but like fever and like, uh, all of that, you know, is not, but I've also, I, someone else that I infected on accident where like my allergies are acting up more than normal. Like it's been, it's been very, 
nonchalant. It see, it doesn't seem like anything at all. I would say we're if also you have, if you have any sort of evidence of not of being sick, like you should take a test. Because to me, it felt like um, I had cooties earlier this year. As soon as the kids went back to school, as soon as my daughter daughter went back to school back in February, I got kid cooties immediately. And like I thought it was co- full blown COVID and all of that, and I couldn't get a positive result. It was literally just like yucky feeling from people being together. So it does feel, it, it seems very mild and you wouldn't know that you had it, you know, but you do, you probably do like that. That's what's happening right now. That's what it is. Yeah. And I'm we, trying to get tested, but every place is like packed every day until Christmas. Uh, there's are you no in New York? Um, available. I'm in Connecticut. So it's right next to New York. And I was spending a lot of time with a New Yorker um, for the last like month. You can't get have, a test uh, from the store. about. You can't get a test uh, from can, the store. I recently heard that that doesn't pick up uh, Omicron as well it as does. the other variants. It does, dude. Yeah, I, I mean, dropped it's better off than nothing, a, and I haven't tried. Yeah, I, I dropped. Sorry, I dropped the test off at Brett's, and he was he knew he was positive within like three minutes. Yeah, it was immediate. He like sent me a text and was like, "Yeah, I I, I have it. it. It does. They do pick up that. They they pick up Omicron definitely." Yeah. And it's better than nothing. So I'll, I'll pick some of those up. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's a yeah, good idea that I was hanging with uh, was a union organizer. I called in a couple weeks ago. Um, there was a healthcare uh, organizing drive in Connecticut that I was helping out with. Uh, I'm not going to say the union or the company that um, we were organizing because there's a ongoing neutrality agreement that I don't know if I'm a, like what I'm allowed to say. So I'm going to keep it a little vague, but um, yeah, I was spending time with a New Yorker. Uh, I don't, I called in and talked about that. I don't, I don't want to waste time recapping, but like, tell me what I need to, t- to, to recap. I'm sorry. You were probably have to recap a lot of it because I don't remember. Okay. All right. All good. So there's a home care uh, company, a private company in like southwestern Connecticut that uh, pays their workers like a quarter above minimum wage, um, not much higher than that. Nobody has any health insurance and um, they don't like reimburse them for any sort of mileage that they're driving. And uh, people are working either like crazy mandatory overtime hours or like not getting enough hours and it's not enough for them to like pay their bills by. Um, And we are trying to get them to join our union family. Um, we have an agreement with their like overarching company that's based out of uh, Kentucky, but I guess this like branch that we're working to uh, organize is owned and operated by either Russian or Ukrainian people. And many of their workers are also Russian and Ukrainian and barely speak English, which we didn't know when we started the organized oh, campaign. Right. Right. I totally remember now. Okay, so they give, uh, they give us like a 60-day window uh, where we can collect union vote cards from the workers. And as soon as we request uh, the list of contact info of the workers, like when that clock starts. So back in early November, we ask for the list, we get the list, and it's like 75% Russian, Ukrainian, and Polish names. And um, when we started organizing, we realized that many of these people don't speak English. This is going to be a very difficult uh, battle because we don't have many workers and nobody, uh, no union organizers that spoke Russian, Ukrainian, or Polish. 
that were available to help on the campaign. So we borrowed two people from uh, New York that were driving up and helping us with that because they do speak their language. Okay. How did it, I mean, how, how did yeah, it Yeah, we go? heard about it. Yeah, I well, remember that. So the first 60 days, uh, we started collecting cards. And um, if you had a Russian speaker with you, one of the two, or Ukrainian speaker, then we made some headway. And other folks that like did understand the English well enough, or uh, there, there were all there were some English speaking workers. I don't want to make it seem like it was all people that don't speak English. But so the first couple of weeks, we got like a decent number of cards, and then significantly less cards every following week. Um, about halfway through our 60-day window, uh, the management sent a letter to the workers in uh, Russian or Ukrainian, uh, telling them that. The union does not represent the company. The union doesn't represent their best interests. And if we come to their house and we ask, they ask us to leave and we don't, they should call the police. And then in one paragraph, they sent like the legal um, explanation, like all workers have a right to join a union and wear union pins and speak to other union, uh, other uh, coworkers. But it was like a bad photocopy of a screenshot in English. And the language that they speak and read was a letter telling them to call the police on us. So some of us did get the cops called on us and uh, you know, we're not going to like stand there and argue with people and refuse to leave. But like, we're talking like they knock on the, we knock on the door, they open it and they're like calling the police on the phone right off the bat. So we're not going to stand there and like insist somebody like, hold on. No, we don't need to do that. Um, I mean, unless if the phone's already, if the cops are already being called, we're not going to stick around. But um so because they sent that letter, we were given an extra 30 days. Uh, there was like a, a legal, I don't know, some lawyer took a look at it or something, and the agreement was reached that we'd get an extra 30 days. And I was thinking, awesome, that means I'll be doing uh, this job part-time and still working as a home care worker myself uh, two days a week and doing organizing three days a week until January. But then uh, this past Monday, we had a Zoom meeting and originally I thought we were doing a Zoom meeting because uh, COVID was spiking up again and it might not be the best idea for us all to gather in a hotel conference room and talk about the campaign. But they told us via Zoom that we were uh, suspending our organizing efforts because it doesn't look like we're on a path to win. Um, based on the cards that we're collecting and the impact we're having, it doesn't really make a ton of sense for the union to pay home care workers and organizers to focus their time and effort and energy on this. You know, all of the funding that we're doing comes from like members' dues and whatnot, and it's not really an effective use of members' time or members' dues, rather, the, the money of the members to pay me to get like three union cards a day when we need like a lot more than that. So, uh, unfortunately, the campaign concluded for now. Um, the neutrality agreement is still in place, and I guess we still have until that expires, but. I guess we're done going door to door and trying to convince people to stand up to their bosses and, uh, you know, do what needs well, doing. But um, then they gave me two days to call people that spoke English and break the bad news to them, the folks that had signed cards, because we didn't want to just ghost them. So uh, I was spending two days calling people and uh, had some good conversations with some folks. A lot of people were pretty upset to hear about it, but uh, I encouraged them to just get a job uh, through the same contract that I work under with uh, you know, the, the clients that I serve. And then that would make them union members because people are, you know, it's a good time for, you know, it's, it's tough to say it's a good time for organized labor, but like Kellogg's is on strike. John Deere went on strike. Um, it's, it's, and then Starbucks and uh, Buffalo unionized, like it's, 
it's yeah. things are happening and we're we're doing it i'm tr- i'm trying not to be too defeated by this whole thing and a lot of times places don't get their union the first time they try you know we can try again and i'm sure we will and you know we've made contacts with a lot of people they have our number and it it can happen um at one point the company started telling their workers that we were mafia affiliated uh, which <laughs> i wish that maybe wow. they are mafia affiliated damn i mean that would be nice like you know people project and whatnot and i don't want to make assumptions or you know stereotypes but some of these russians that we were speaking with uh and the management that, and the behavior of the management seems rather um organized crime like you know they're they're being so <laughs> fucking exploitative of these people and it sucks that we weren't able to to make it happen but um you know there's there's, there's, there's always time. yeah there's unlimited time really so i i think i don't think you're done quite yet I mean, for now you are, but also, I mean, it was, you put in a lot of effort. Like that's something that you can look at and say, like, we put in a lot of effort. We worked really hard. It didn't work out this time, but who knows? Maybe we can work it out again sometime. Maybe we can try it again sometime. Yeah. Um, we're the, the union that I'm a part of isn't going anywhere. It's, it's not like we don't exist anymore. Um, you know, I talked to my organizer about the um, defeat, I suppose, if you want to call it that, the setback and like what we need to do. We had a protest outside of the governor's house um, a couple weeks ago, uh, the governor's mansion in Greenwich, Connecticut, like the one he owned before he was governor. Not the state provided housing he lives in in Hartford, but uh, his actual house. Uh, we went there and there were about 50 of us in his driveway. He, not his actual driveway. He lives on a private street, so we couldn't actually go on his street, but like the street that connects to it. And we were there for like five minutes and this uh, Acura SUV, I think it was an Acura, comes like flying down the street, honking a torn at us, trying to like get us to move out of the way. They put the windows down as they approach us. And this lady sitting in the passenger seat just says, I have to get to the airport. And we were like, Okay, have a nice flight. We were all like moving out of the way. We're not trying to stop anyone from being able to leave their house or anything. Meanwhile, the guy driving starts like yelling, get off my street, get off my street, move, move. I have to go to the hospital. We have to go to the hospital, which didn't really match up with what the passenger said, but they're just more important than, uh, than home care workers needing to be taken care of after taking care of some of the state's most vulnerable people during a global pandemic. But well, I'm just uh, going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to use I'm going to the hospital from now on to get out of conversation. That's a good one. Um, I mean, no one's going to stop it. I posted about it on Twitter, but like I started saying my life is in shambles to like anybody that like I'm going to cancel a subscription or like I don't have the money to pay for this thing. I just immediately go for the most thing. I, I just say my life is in shambles right now. I don't know how to pick up the pieces. And so I'm just cutting out all the, ex- like I'm, I'm cutting out all of the other expenditures that like don't make sense. You know, like I, you just gotta like, you gotta level with people. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think so, like, this but is you can also total- lying for people. Like, mm-hmm. Go ahead. This is a total uphill battle though. You know, I don't think, I don't think you get started in one of these drives thinking it's, I don't know, man. I, I just, it's interesting. I, I, we never get calls about drives that maybe didn't work out. So 
I know it's probably kind of devastating, but like, I mean, you did collect some union cards, right? Yes, uh, we do have a fair number of people that, uh, you know, we can reach out to again. But the thing with this workforce is that there's such a high turnover rate. And um, like, I think the most fucked situation I encountered was a lady said she would work 40 hours and get a, uh, she would work like 50 hours a week and get a paycheck for 40 hours from one company. And then uh, one of the manager's boyfriends had his own home care company and she'd get a paycheck for 10 hours from his company. And she never filled out an application for the secondary company. They're just trying to not pay people overtime. Oh, that and uh, sucks. There's, there's a lot of places that have tried to unionize and it doesn't happen on the first time. So we'll, we'll hit them again. Oh, yeah. And like, we've got, a phone bank coming up. Uh, I talked to my organizer and she asked me like, how can we get there to be more than, uh, you know, just the same 50 people. We see a lot of the same faces at a lot of these, uh, in-person protests and rallies we do. How do we get more people there? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And she said, I'm going to give you a minute to think <laughs> about it. And I was like, um, okay. And then I was like, well, I, I members listen to other members pretty well. And I think if we just like have a phone bank, that's not for, any particular event we have coming up, but we're just like, Hey, how's work going? Let's talk about it. Like, tell me about your job. What sucks about it? Yeah, that's a problem. And just talk to them. You know, maybe we'll be able to get some people fired up, just do a little bit of agitation. And she was like, I think that could work. And I was like, damn it. You're good at this. I know what you just did. You just convinced me. You just got me to come up with an idea that you already had for how we could, uh, we could get this happening. Yeah. I got to do the same thing with other members. Now I feel you. I, good I know what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that's also a really good, like having like sort of a phone bank that you can like, I don't know that you can sort of publicize and say like, are you having trouble with your job or management at your job? Call this number. And then you can send them like union literature that almost, or like text this number or any of that stuff. I, I do think that like, I mean, when people hear us talk about work, that is, that is what gets people on our side, you know, because work is the worst part of most people's lives. So getting people on your side to be like, hey, maybe we can make work like not that bad. Not hell. And then, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that yeah, is a good I, uh, idea. I deliver pizza. I deliver pizza. And one of the other drivers at one point in his life, uh, made phone calls uh you know the police like donation solicitation calls that you get he's super proud of the fact that he used to make those calls and you know part of me wanted to just like go in on him about how that's a problem and like that's not a good waste that's a waste of time and really go off on him but i recognize that like this guy who's worked in a call center you know that's what that job is it is a call center job it's a call center for like you know worse than and shirt, I don't know. There's a lot of bad jobs, but he's just a worker. He worked fast food, and I talked to him. I read uh, Emily Gundelsberger's book on the clock about the different, uh, the three different jobs she did, and uh, the call center job about like your fight or flight instinct kicks in, and you can't respond to either of those. You have to just like talk to them, and, and like you can't hang up, you can't run away, you can't tell them to fuck off. So True. like I, I relate to him as like on a working level, and. We, he was going off about how there's this epidemic of people stealing shit like from Lowe's and Home Depot where they just like load up the minivans and take off. And I was like, well, I mean, they're definitely not taking all that stuff because they're going to need it and they need to use it. They're taking that to 
sell to other people. And the company has already written off that loss. They have that market like budgeted. They know shit's going to get stolen. So now shit has been stolen. Nobody's getting paid any less money because of it. Now these people are going to go to their community and provide them with power tools at a discount. And they're going to like save them money on things that they need and make extra money for themselves. So it sounds like a win-win all around. Like who's really in, who's losing there. And he was just kind of like, wow. Like you're not wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, know, you just, just got to talk to people. And, I, and he was saying police are like the most disrespected uh, class of people in America right now. And I was like, dude, half the cars in this parking lot have blue lives matter stickers on. And you are wearing a uh, NYPD baseball hat right now. Like the police have. Those were in style though. For I will a say. True. <laughs> But I, I, I mean, how that, old like, is he? Because he dislike police. Oh, he's got to be uh, 50, 60 something. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. But he's like, old at this point in time, I will say that the people that uh, do dislike the police dislike them the most vocally and the most vehemently. He's not wrong about that, but uh, not for no, like no reason. A lot of, a lot of reasons. But yeah, that's that. That's what I had for calling in. Um, oh, and if Jazz Brian is, I think Jazz Brian might be the guy to talk to about getting into Ska Brian. And I got one no. song, one song that's kind of on the jazzier side. It's, uh, shit, what the hell is it? I'm blanking on it. Um, Tell me, Fatter I did it, I did it. By Fatter Than Albert, which was a Ska okay. band, sort of Ska band from New Orleans and like, the New Orleans jazz scene is what started the first wave of ska in Jamaica when people had radios that picked up like New Orleans jazz and they combined it with traditional like Jamaican Calypso and Mento music and mm -hmm. uh, made ska. And then ska went to England with immigrants when they went to the UK in the 80s and then it came to America in the 90s. And it's always kind of sort of been around. But um, yeah, that's I am not. I will. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what. I will listen to this song. Uh, don't get mad when I don't like it because I, I, I just, I can't, I don't like jazz that much to get into ska. <laughs> so you like instrumental, so you like an instrumental track because it's like, I do like instrumental chorus yeah. of instruments. Each, each instrument gets a solo, basically. There's one vocal verse and then uh, it goes to, uh, to, to like all the instruments getting a solo. It's real cool. It's, it's solid. fat and the albums. Hold on. Is it uh, fat in the Alberts? Alberts? What? Fatter than fatter Albert. Than I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm like going right Albert, now to my Spotify. I'm typing fatter than Albert and I will click it. And then tomorrow when I wake up, the first thing I do, I will listen to fatter than Albert. Uh, the song of, is fatter than you. Off fatter of than runaway you. All right. They're in there. I'm and on I, there. I really fatter got than Albert. Song. Weed whacking. I had to weed whack a lot for a summer with like one of those big ass industrial ones with like the, the two joystick handlebars and the, the chest piece you got to clip into it. And I would just dance back and forth and just whack the shit out of the weeds to that particular song. I hope you like it. I got it. Thanks for taking it. I'll say call. this. This is why you're lucky, okay? Because I finally listened to Turnstile this week. And I really liked it. Oh, I so I'm currently, yeah. I'm open-minded now. I'm open. You can really, instead of jazz, Brian, call me open-minded, Brian. I'm open-minded. So 
if you get me into ska and everybody makes fun of me, that's your fault. And you should, you should, you know, feel bad for that. Rude boy, Brian. Rude boy, Brian. (laughs) No, I'm not going to be rude boy, Brian. (laughs) Eventually. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows? Well, thanks for calling. Uh, uh, We appreciate it. And if you get me into, if you get me into ska, I'm going to be really mad at you. But uh, uh, I accept. That's okay. Don't worry. It'll only be a real short phase. No one's into it for any too any great length of time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you guys have a great night, Brett. I hope you continue to feel all right, uh, get better, and uh, catch you later. Appreciate. Peace. God damn. The chat stop. thinks I'm deranged. The chat has turned on me. So yeah, I'm not feeling all right. Well, uh, I mean, let's take another call then. Yeah, we got a couple more to go to get through this. Uh, let's see here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi, uh, this is Danny in Brooklyn. Uh, thought I would Danny. call in. Hey, how you doing? Merry Christmas. The last guy just tried to get me into ska. So who knows? Don't do that. Happen. Yeah. Don't do that. No, that's, that's a hard pass for me. Um, uh, I would highly recommend not getting into ska. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Danny, are you, yeah. I, I gotta ask, are you, and I don't know this for sure. Okay. Did you call in and tell me to, are you the person that told me to listen to turnstile? Oh, I don't know who that band band is, so probably okay. not. <laughs> so it wasn't you. Somebody that regularly calls in called in because I said hardcore stinks, and they were like, "You should check out Turnstile." And then I said, "Yeah, I'll do that." Fully not planning to do it at all. And then uh, Brett listened to it, and then texted me and was like, "I think you might like Turnstile." I finally checked it out, and I love it. I listen to it every day now. I didn't say that. It's the same way as I have diarrhea. I did do not do that. I did not have diarrhea in the way that he suggests. I do not like turn, turnstile in the way that he suggests. No, I didn't say that you liked them. You told me that I might like them. Yeah, because what I was saying. It's bad. Well, I I'm like it. I enjoy it. It's good. <laughs> it, it, it accomplishes a lot. It's great music. So uh, what, what's up, Danny? Uh, well, I thought I would call in uh, for my requisite. I recently got fired, so I figured, why not call Street Fight and tell What'd them you that get that fired happened? for? I thought you were. I thought you delivered stuff. I do deliver stuff, but I also do bike messenger stuff, and I had this really uh, bizarre boss. Uh, who I've spoken about a little bit in the past, but like I try not to be too specific. And uh, I had basically been on this tip for a while where I kind of had this feeling, I mean, I I don't really quit jobs very often. So what will happen is I get to a point where like maybe six months out, four months out, you kind of get that feeling in your head where you're like, man, I think I'm going to, I'm probably going to get fired soon. Like, I think I'm going to, it is more likely than not, I'm going to get fired and uh, sure enough, like kept having these like uh, differences of opinion when it came to delivering stuff and what have you. 
uh, which I'll probably talk about later. And then finally on a delivery up to the Upper East Side from like Midtown Manhattan, uh, he was like, why didn't you do this delivery this way? And I said to him, keep, uh, keep berating and gaslighting me. It's really good for my morale. And then he said, I'm taking you off the schedule next week. And I was like, all right then. <laughs> so I he just did, uh, we went our separate is, ways. He, wait a minute. So he just doesn't like sass? He fired, did he fire you for sass? Yeah, he can't take back sass. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how many of these guys you, I mean, I'm sure everybody runs into these types of guys uh, at least a couple dozen times in their life. But he was just one of those guys where he, his whole story was like, I, I mean, to his credit, like incredibly traumatic. I mean, I will just say without getting into too much detail that all those wars in the 80s that America had with Central America, uh, he was on the receiving end of that. So he absolutely you know is probably like rightfully traumatized by like people like elliot abrams you know and what have you but yeah they kind of he was one of those guys where like he had his memories and his convictions and what have you and it's like an like a for real communist uh, as well and you know he would just he kind of said the same things over and over and over again but when it came to actual sort of like working conditions and what and what have you he just kind of wasn't really willing to budge at all. And uh, it was weird because you try to explain things to him and it would just be like, it, I mean, there's just something off about a person when like, they just, they won't give like an inch or they never apologize for anything or at least kind of, um, you know, apologize in form only. I mean, there's something to be said about people who are like, I'm sorry, but like, they just, they can, they can kind of like get people to do what they want, but like they at least have enough sense to just be sort of like, okay, in order for me to get this person to do what they, uh, what I need them to do or what I want them to do, even if for my own financial gain, I have to like apologize or do something. And he just like would never do that. And, um, it was funny though, because I did, um, I, I mean, first off, I got a new job almost immediately like literally 10 minutes after. So I started doing, I'm working for another company now, but uh, I had a lawyer friend who was talking to me about the whole situation. And he kept being like, wait, were you a W2 employee or were you 1099? I'm 1099. Like almost all messenger work is 1099. And, you know, without doing the whole, like, I am giving you information that I can't legally give you because I'm not your client. He was, he basically said like, oh yeah, you were miscategorized, you know? And I had no idea what he was talking about. Like, I don't know if you guys know, but like, apparently it's this thing that is like happening more and more now, but with the gig economy being such a prevalent part of the economy where you have your companies like Uber and Lyft and what have you, who are very upfront, like, oh, you are an independent contractor, like 100%. And, you know, you, each of these jobs is a designated, like, contract that you kind of enter into. But however it gets done, whatever you do, we're going to just let you do that. And, um, and, like, that's just their whole facet of it. But my job as a messenger, it got into this, like, weird gray zone that I think a lot more companies are going to actually come to face probably in the next 10 years because... 
my company was one where it wasn't like Uber, where it was like millions of people who have to interact with each other through like a very small like uh, support network. It was like a company of like less than like seven people where it still very much felt like a W2 job. And it had the sort of like emotional constraint and like you have to do this this way mm-hmm. feel of a W2 job. And apparently that's like not legal, which is, I mean, whatever the law, you know, employers break, break the law all the time, but very rarely do I find that like, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. You actually can't force your 1099 employee to like do things a certain way because you won't make them an actual employee. Right. I don't really, think you it, can it, force. I think it's the thing that, I don't think you can force them to work if I'm not mistaken. Like, I don't think that maybe they can make you put you on a schedule or something like that. But like, there are a few, I, I actually, uh, uh, you know, one of the things about being a wrestling fan is that you talk about pro wrestling, like, uh, um, being all of the pro wrestlers are independent contractors, but also, yeah. they're not allowed to work for anybody else without asking permission or, you know, generally just aren't allowed to work for anybody else. So that kind of, you know, the government has has qualified them. I get nobody's really challenged it in court, but I assume that that's happening in like pretty much every industry out there at this point that people have found that if you call people independent contractors, then you have the barest minimum amount of responsibility to them as people. And they, I think they probably figure nobody will ever call them on. Nobody will ever call them on it. So, you know, if nobody's ever going to call them on their shit, then they can just keep doing it. And they don't have to give benefits. They don't have to. They really don't have to give you fucking anything, you know. Well, that's the kind of the funny part about it is because you. I think. I mean, if you were just a straight capitalist about it, you could make the moral argument, like, or or just the argument, like, yes, we are providing like virtually nothing in terms of benefits, protections, etc. And like, you could have. 1099 people do that and it's like it's a shitty system but it's like it's something that people can understand you know even if it's like harshly i think the weird part that i think we're kind of traipsing into is a situation where jobs that were w2s keep trying to do this thing like oh no we're just going to 1099s now but they're still going to want to be able to control their workers the way a w2 worker gets controlled because like, I mean, that's why, I mean, like you could disagree with like the way bosses and managers are, which I vehemently do, but like if they can set their own um, standards, like you must lift 10 boxes an hour, otherwise you are not meeting our standards and therefore could be fired. But like, and, and like, that's how a W2 job works. But now you get those sort of same small business tyrants who want to have the flexibility of like not pay, paying uh, unemployment insurance, but also still want to be like, no, you're doing this wrong. Where in reality, it's just like, oh, uh, you can only tell me so much to do. 
Like, you can tell me that I got to do this job this way, and, like, you can take me on and off a schedule, but, like, you can't, you, you, there's, like, this weird line that even the IRS is willing to be like, mm, can't go that far. And it's almost yeah. to this point, I, I mean, it's not almost, there's even a law that basically, there's laws that uh, or distinctions, like, called common law and ABC law, which are, it changes between, like, states. Like, I think Ohio is common law. So is New York, uh, like California is like ABC. And um, it's like the, the best part uh, about the description of it, because it, it does get into like this fairly like specific, <laughs> you know, uh, term. It's called behavioral control, where it basically says, you know, uh, even when the employer doesn't set parameters, behavioral control can still exist, uh, you know. Additionally, just because a, a worker is highly competent and does not require much supervision or training doesn't affect the employer's rights of control. I mean, it, this is all to say that, like, it's, it's like a weird statute that says, like, oh, your boss being a dick to you is actually something they kind of can't. And I don't know. I think in the next <laughs> decade or so, I think there's going to be some real wild and wacky suits that come up between this stuff. I mean... Because, like I said, it's just this thing where these bosses, they want it both ways. They want to be able to emotionally and behaviorally control what you do, but they also want to, like, pay zero benefits. And right. it was so funny, too, because when, we were, when I was working with him, he would tell me, like, oh, man, I have to pay um, not workers' comp, but, like, uh, unemployment or something insurance. And I was like, wait, why is that? He's like, well, technically, I am the employee of this company. And I was like, <laughs> wait, so you're an employee? And he's like, yeah, I'm one of the employees and everyone else is a W-9. But I sit behind a desk and do our billing all day, which is admittedly stressful, you know, whatever, but I still have to pay this absorbent tax. And it's like, hey, man, look, I, I get it, you know, especially in the city and state of New York and New York City. Like, I'm sure the taxes on those things are a little bit higher than like most places. But you've just made, like, the distinction that you will pay for yourself to be an employee, but, like, nobody else is. And yeah, TJ Borg in the chat. TJ Borg in the chat said yeah. there's also no minimum wage for independent contractors. So that's another reason why they, they try that shit, too. Yeah, I just, I, just think it's so, I just think it's so funny with this shit where it's, like, Look, man, you know, if you want to say, like, like the whole facet with like bike messenger work is like, yeah, when I was like doing work there, there was like opportunities and times where like I would come away from a five or six hour work shift with like $250, $300, which is like fine for that, you know, I mean, the, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's decent enough. That's more than like most people make in that amount of time. But I would have the, I would have like this boss who is like, you got to do this, 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 and this. And in the back of my head, I'm just like, I want to do these things for money, but you can't be involved in the granular part of this to an extent. Like, and if you ever use the argument, like, Oh my gosh, it just takes so much time to do this on my end. It, it's so stressful. It's like, well, buddy, I think you've fucking fallen into the one thing that, like, 
I, I think you pulled, I think you pulled the capitalism by accident. Like, and you, it's like, Oh, I can't afford to hire a secretary. It's like, yeah, you're being stretched beyond your means, but these things continue to pile up on you. So maybe you just let them go. And then there's just like the tacit thing where it's like, there, look, some things do need to be delivered for sure. But like messenger work as a whole uh, persists beyond most rationality. Like the only explanation that I can give you is that some people um, like who have been like working and living in like the same building for the last 40 years refuse to learn how an email works. Like they just they just won't, you know. Yeah, so I can't like, figure out all the electronic like, stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can't figure out what is oh, so on. necessary to get messaged these days. But again, I don't live in New York, so I, I don't think I would know. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, it's a weird I mean, you kind of feel like one of those little fish that kind of like hangs on to a, a shark uh, in the ocean. Like they're these giant big behemoths that are of, of industry that are like you know, like, um, like Gucci or, you know, um, just any fashion brand or whatever, you know, and like they'll, they'll pay, you know, $30 to move a garment, you know, a couple blocks and stuff. And I mean, there've been situations where it actually is economical. Like I think one time I moved like a hundred pounds of fabric, uh, in a big roll for, a hundred and like five dollars, seven blocks from right around the Empire State Building to a place in the Garment District, and it's like you look at that a hundred dollars and say, how could that ever be economical? But like it was like rush hour on a Friday, you know, you have cars that are moving at like one mile per hour, and like I'm a bicycle, so we're just designed to be this like weird nimble thing that fills in the cracks for people getting from one place to another. And like, I can get the thing to the place that it needs to be in like 10 minutes. And it would take a cab, like probably a half an hour to move six blocks. And it would probably cost like $60 to do that. So there are weird right. ways where it can be economical, but like, I don't know. These, just, these people just have more money than God. And like a lot of times they're just really, really entitled to with it you know like the like the the weirdest people will like nitpick a ten dollar fee or something like that when you know for a fact that they have like a second house in the hamptons or what have you um but then other people like they also work for these really really profitable companies that make huge amounts of money and like they are so happy to just or so indifferent rather to just toss away thousands of dollars and i mean like i don't think i'll ever be quite that like that i mean like if there's ever a day where like i see a ten dollar bill or a five dollar bill or a dollar bill for that matter on the ground and i'm not just like fucking excited like shoot me in the head like something <laughs> I was terrible talking has to, happened if I, I was talking to my brother today about like lottery tickets he i got him like $30, a $20 one and a $10 one because you win more on those. Those pay out more. So I figured you're like, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of nice, right? Uh, he scratched them off and didn't win anything on the $20 one, which is crazy because it pays out 76% payout on that one. And how could you not win? But 
that's the way the world works. And then uh, he won $6 on the other one. And I was like, I don't think I would even go through the trouble of turning in that $6 one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's, it's different between, I mean, it's, it's weird. I, I mean, I don't know. It, I, I have found $10 bill. It's a, a weird New York thing. I see cash on the ground, like more than I have in other cities. And every time it happens, I'm just sort of like, hell fucking yeah. This yeah, I'll rocks. take that. Just find like I'll take 10- that. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to wait in line for 20 minutes for $6. You know, it doesn't feel worth it to me. But, uh, you know, my wife always turns them in. I just hang them on the refrigerator and she grabs them and turns them in. So, uh, but, yeah. Well, I mean, but, so you're good. You um, have a job now, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's another, it's another uh, independent contractor thing, but the guy who I'm working for this time just seems to be like, he has the mantra where it's like, I want you to move, I want you to take the most efficient route possible. Like, don't go more than one block outside of what you need to, because otherwise you're just wasting energy. And I was like, yes, <laughs> because... Nice. My other boss would just be like, you need, to, you need to hustle, you need to move, you need to move. And it's like, buddy, it's 15 degrees and there's like a 25 mile per hour headwind hitting me right now. And I'm wearing a Carhartt jacket because it's the only thing that's going to keep me sufficiently warm. Like if I start fucking going, like booking it, I'm going to start sweating and then I'm going to be freezing for the rest of the day. Like, I'm sorry, you, you simply cannot make me move faster than I, than I, than I want to. Like, I'm sorry. That you is, know, like, there, of course, and it's like, and if I am, it's going to be for a good reason, which is probably money. <laughs> or get off early. But, uh, yeah. Well, good luck, Danny. It's good to hear from you. Have a happy holidays. And, uh, you know, be safe out there. Oh, I'll try. Uh, and, yeah, you guys have a good one as well. You too. Peace. When I get to heaven, will I know? All right, here we go. One more we, call here. The, I guess I, 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 I don't know. I feel I don't feel like I can do it. I'm like so overwhelmed right now. All right. Well, I'll take this last call, and uh, Brett will see you on the other side. See you on the other side. Uh, have a happy holiday. I'm gonna Peace. take this last call here. Peace. Uh, hey. hey, Brian. Uh, how's it's it going? Brian. Great. How are you? Uh, I, I, ho- I hope Brett's doing okay. I know it's been a rough uh, week or so for him. Yeah. yeah and a rough not, show. Yeah. Not the easiest. Uh, not uh, not but, his quality. I meant his, more his, uh, uh, you know, his quality of yeah. being, let's say. I mean, who knows? He delivered. You know what I mean? I, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, he did his thing, man. I'm going to kick him out of the room here because he's shirtless. Uh, I don't know how to kick him <laughs> out of the room. So that's just going to have to be, oh, he's out. He's out. All right. Uh, so what's going on tonight? Uh, not much. I am. Um, I'm going to keep it brief. I know I'm the last call and, uh, I don't want to keep you, especially if Brett's not here, um, on too long. Uh, so I'll, again, You're okay. I'll keep it you got brief. 15 um, minutes. You got 15 minutes, hey, my man. Dude, dude, I got like, I'll give you two because I want you to get there, <laughs> get out early. 
<laughs> well, I'm going on vacation. Um, I'm on vacation after this show. You're going to get a whole yeah, bunch of, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I, but let me just say it before we hang up here for you. I sure. have, uh, uh, for the free feed, you are going to get a Q and a two of them. And then you are going to get a vacation show that me and Brett recorded with, uh, Mike and Jesse from YKS, where we just kind of hung out and talked about all of the subscriptions that I have for most of it, which is going to make every single one of you mad at me. Uh, and it's not because I'm rich. It's because I'm irresponsible, really. And then uh, one with Minion Death Cult, where, you know, we talked about music. We talked about a few other things. And then uh, as far as the main, uh, as far as the Patreon feed, uh, we're going to give you some basically uh, free previews of you know, our appearance on other Patreons, which is really hard for people to hear because you can't subscribe to all the Patreons. So we got a couple POD casts, including one where it's me, John, Stefan, and Brett. And uh, uh, we got a, one of our appearances on YKS for a, a bonus show appearance. So uh, uh, where we, when we went to the gathering. So I hope people enjoy it. And uh, when we come out on the other side of this vacation, I will feel better. All right. What's up? Uh, well, not much. Uh, I will say, Brian, that sounds very good. Um, as a big fan of the POD cast and, you know, Street Fight, obviously. Uh, as a Patreon subscriber to at least uh, your, you guys, I am looking forward to a sneak peek at uh, what the POD cast Patreon uh, has to uh, offer now that I actually have a job. But um, I had a quick, quick story, actually to piggyback on something Brett said on the Wednesday show. Oh, no. What is he doing now? Okay, oh, there wait. you go. I don't know how he got unmuted there. Uh, but, uh, okay, go ahead. Um, I've, I've called him before. Uh, uh I work at a big box store, let's say, in uh, Jersey, like in a suburb of uh, New York City. And um, Brett said something about the dollar store, or a Dollar Tree, rather, about like people like reaching around stuff and like waiting for people to get injured. And I just laughed out loud because every day at work, I see people... Uh, mainly older dudes just try to move stuff to get to what they're trying to buy. And it just makes me laugh. Like I, I, I don't know how else to put it. And I'm waiting for someone to get hurt so I can laugh at them. You're because like, it's like store? they're too tough to ask. Uh, not quite a big box store. It's a okay. big retailer, but we have a specific thing we sell. Okay. I'm trying to be vague. Okay. Toilets. You're, you're a toilet salesman. Uh, let's oh, say no. Wine. Did I figure it out? Did I figure it out? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not toilet. Let's say, let's say wine. Okay. It's okay. I, I wasn't trying to get, get it out of you. I just wanted to say toilet. <laughs> I just wanted to guess okay, you were a toilet enough. salesman. But uh, uh, no, no, no. I will say this. Uh, because you're, you're saying you laugh at the people that do that. I am the people. Well, that do the, that. the thing is, the thing is, is that I, I'm waiting for 
every day it happens, especially now because like business is real heavy leading up to Christmas and I'm waiting for some like old timer to like break their spine, trying to lift a box of wine to get to the box of wine that's under it. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. It totally does. Cause that is like literally when I go into your, like I, I, I am being paid. I am being paid to do that for you, dude. But you can't no, ask I get me it. a question because you're too insecure. But I, I, thank you. That is what I was saying. I don't want to make you do stuff. When I go into your store, I don't want to make you even so much as lift a finger. So I, if, if you let me, I would jump over the counter and check myself out and bag my stuff and leave. Just... Because I feel like I'm a good guy if I do that. Like, that makes me a good person if I do something like that. So, <clears throat> uh, uh, I, I get where their, their brains probably aren't where mine is because I have, like, an extreme case of, of sort of, uh, uh, I don't want to bug anybody brain. But that's what it is. You're totally right. They don't want to have the conversation with you. You know? Like, they don't want to ask you. They don't want to... They, they, they maybe feel like it's a confrontation they don't want to have. Or, again, it might be as simple as I don't want to have a conversation. Yeah, I mean, you might be onto something there. I mean, if, if, if I can generalize, no offense, Brian, because you're not one of them, um, it's usually like boomer-aged people that do it. Like the, the Gen X, <laughs> Zoomers, uh, uh, Millennials, whatever, that are at, like, they'll just ask me, like, oh, can I get a case of that? And I'll grab it for them. Um, but it's just like these, like, old dudes, and I'm just waiting for one of them to fall backward and just drop all of the bottles in their face. Yeah. I mean, in the end, though, I'll tell you this, as, as you know, like I said, one of those guys, um, they would probably, if it didn't kill them, they would say, that's my fault. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know what I that's mean? That's true. Yeah. And they would be embarrassed by it, you know? They, they might sue or whatever, but I think everybody out there uh, is that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that, that like, people kind of don't really want to talk to anybody anymore. I don't know if that has something to do uh, uh, with COVID or social or phones or whatever it is, but it does. It is like the older I get, the more I just feel like I'll just fucking take care of it myself. You know, like that is just the way I am. And like, I wonder if that's how all dudes are. That are they? They're like the older they get, the more they're just like, I'll just do it myself. I I don't need to bug this guy, and then they do it. But you're right. I mean, in in the end, like it's the the easiest way to get hurt at a place is to decide to take it upon yourself to climb the shelves, which is something I've done. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> my final parting words are if. You come into a store 20 minutes before they close and you're on your phone and just wandering around and ignore everyone 
who works there that is talking to you, summary execution. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I never <laughs> go in anywhere. Like, I never go in anywhere before they like. I, I got. It's got to be a solid. I think if you close at nine, the latest I feel like I could go in there is is eight fifteen. After that, it's like that is like I believe that is the workers' time to clean the store so that they can get out when the store closes. <laughs> Brian, you and I are in complete agreement, but apparently a lot of people don't, or a lot of people aren't, rather. You know what happens? I, if I could explain to you what actually happens, is that, sure. like, a lot of times, so I, I think I've told this story before, but I'll do it real fast. Uh, I went to a wrestling show in Cleveland once, and uh, uh, I got in a car, like, at dinner time. And drove up, watched the whole show without eating, then got back in the car to drive home, still haven't eaten yet. So I'm like halfway home, probably. And I'm like, I just, I can't uh, do it Brian, anymore. Real I quick, stop. I don't mean to cut you off. How far is Columbus from Cleveland? I'm not really familiar with the Midwest. Oh, I'm sorry. Two hours and 45 minutes. So oh, Jesus it, Christ. Yeah, it's a long drive. So about halfway home, I'm like, I'm going to stop in. I'm going to stop at this truck stop and get Wendy's because there's a Wendy's in there. Right. So I get in this truck stop. This is like three years ago, too. So you can't say it has anything to do with COVID. This is like this might even be four years ago. Um, I get there. There's only two people working. And this place is fucking packed, dude. And like, uh, there's so many people in there and everything is like taking very long. I'm talking like just 45 minutes and, and, and it's one o'clock in the morning. So everybody's in a bad mood. And, um, this woman comes in, in an Arby's uniform two two Wendy's straight from work and is the meanest oh, to the employees of anybody else in the whole store of all the truck drivers and podcasters and all those people in that store that are supposed to have loud <laughs> motor mouths you know what i mean this fucking woman yeah. in this arby's suit is like i work at arby's i know how easy this is you need to get it together. and was screaming at them so that is to say that like i think a lot of times the people that make service jobs the toughest are people that work service jobs you know what i'm saying uh because they I, or yeah, have I, I can worked, see that have worked service jobs because they feel like they know what they're doing you know what i mean they're like i know how hard this is i've been through it you need to you know if i was here it'd be all right so that's what i think happens i i, I think we all wish that people would, that had service jobs uh, were a little nicer to, uh, uh, or we try to be as nice as we can. Uh, uh, but I think a lot of times, you know, it's the same thing as like people who get rich and they kick the ladder out behind them. It's like, I got out right, of the fast yeah. food place. Uh, I got a job at like an office and got out of the fast food place. Now fuck the people at the fast food place. And, uh, and they think they can do better. And they probably didn't. And they probably got screamed at when they worked at the fast food place. 
Uh, Brian, if I can get a couple parting words in, I would just say, everyone just be nice to retail workers for the next week or so. It would, we would really appreciate it. I hope to not go to a retail place at all over the next week, but uh, thank you for calling. It's good to talk to you. I got to right, jump thanks, in. Thanks, man. Here. Have a good night. So I got to take this jump in and uh, uh, let me hang up. Drop. Okay. I am going to take one last call here. This is the last call. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Hey, thanks oh, for hi. calling Street uh, yeah, Fight. So, hey, I, was, I got a real quick one. I just wanted to tell an anecdotal story uh, about the town that my parents live in. Uh, so okay. there's a town nearby there called, uh, what do you call it? It's, it's called like Goodenow, and there's a horse racing track there. Goodenow only has 45 people, but I, I feel like you need to know that man cow uh had spray painted the word man cowville on the water tower across from the <gasps> horse track <laughs> <laughs> you sure it wasn't it turd? Town that didn't <laughs> like right on the uh like right on the water tower I, you might have said dirt out for it but like like for years, I just drive by it, and it would just say "Man Cowville" on there. Like my girlfriend at the time would be like, she'd be like, "Yeah, it says Man Cowville up there." <laughs> that <laughs> is crazy. He, where is it in <laughs> Illinois? It's in Illinois, so it's like uh, okay. like forty miles south of Chicago. I oh, that's like, Man Cow Country, baby. That sucks. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> if you want to hear something. I'll give you a quick one here. Uh, I have wrestling on the computer next to me, just so if I look over to the side, I can see wrestling happen. It is a uh, backlash. I don't know. It looks like 2002 or something like that. And uh, I looked over at one point earlier in the show and somebody was holding a man pal 316 sign in the audience. And I was going to cut it out, but I'm doing the show. So I decided not to do it. So man cow's in the air tonight. That's just the world <laughs> we live in. Very man cowish. <laughs> like the other thing is, dude, is like uh, I was going through like an attic at my parents' house, like while I was like visiting for Thanksgiving, and like uh, I saw this like guitar pedal case that like one of my brothers owned, and like sure shit enough, like a fucking man cow sticker on it. <laughs> I was like, so damn, real that that was like in the, like have an official madhouse sticker <laughs> hey i you know i got i got his book in my uh uh office i'm holding it up for the camera and uh i have four of his cds in my living room and my fucking wife <laughs> hates those cds so much just to even look at them one of them has a fucking picture of just a woman's torso and panties <laughs> that says man cow across <laughs> the 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 pussy area and i was just like this is <laughs> vile but i don't know what i want to frame them and hang them on the wall in my office uh but i've been too lazy i don't know how to frame cds or whatever but if i have to be honest you know man cow has done a lot for my career <laughs> <laughs> making fun of man cow has helped me immensely in my career <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I literally look forward to it every year. <laughs> yeah, he's wild. I'm, I'm well, checking out some of his. <laughs> I was watching some of his stuff earlier in the week, and and I uh, got a hold of. I I, I think I want to do a Shocktober in in the next couple months because Mancow has gone. Now he thinks the government tried to poison him. So. That's something that you can all look forward to when we get onto the other side of our vacation. You know, also, you know, what's interesting that I'm doing, uh, I have to download or, or I have to restart my Facebook starting at the end of the vacation because the next mini series on the other side of the vacation by me is, uh, um, is going to be street it's going to be we i don't know the name of it yet but those weird conservative facebook comedian guys is who i'm covering oh, on yeah, the other side good. of this so i'm finally <laughs> doing conservatives well i mean you know a lot of the shock jocks are conservative but i'm finally going after <laughs> for real conservatives uh i finally figured it out because like i was telling people I don't want to do conservative talk radio because, you know, I spend a lot of time for Shocktober. I spend a lot of time listening to shock jocks, like an, an insane amount of time for listening to anything. And like, if I did conservative talk radio, I would have to put that same effort into listening to conservative talk radio, which I do not want to do. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be a good time. <laughs> no. No, it would suck. Well, thanks for calling. I appreciate the information and uh, have a good night. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Have a good night. And, and just remember that, like, in the middle of a forest preserved town where there's a landfill, there is a water tower that's rusted out and you can barely make out Mancalville. I'll have to go buy it someday. <laughs> but uh, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. It's called said Ben Colley, like E. coli. I thought he was calling about E. coli for some reason. And uh, that is not actually what he was calling about. Well, I want everybody to know that we love you, every single one of you. And, uh, uh, you know, Brett's not feeling well. I think uh, uh, he's apologized for the last three shows, I guess. So. Uh, he's good. Just cut him some slack and cut me some slack on the dog thing. I don't want to get yelled at. Uh, but, you know, we'll be back on January the 19th with that basement show. Um, I hope you enjoy the show. We worked real hard to put together stuff so that we can take some time off. And I hope you enjoy it. And I, I sincerely do. Hope that all of you have great holidays, no matter what you decide to do. We love you. And uh, I will still be on Twitter. So come check me out. And uh, bye, everybody. Have a good night. Well, I'm sure that Jesus was a hell of a man. And if you was in a city, he'd understand. The whole thing sucks. It's all about bucks. And if you ain't got them, you're out of
vision for what they tell If I don't change my decision, I go to hell Something to do with religion for what they tell